What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Cases and cases of confidence. Staples can help give you the confidence that your business is ready for the year ahead with all the supplies you need. Like paper. And right now, when you buy a 10-ream case of Staples multipurpose paper, you get one free. So you can be confident you're ready for whatever business comes your way. Buy one case of Staples multipurpose paper, get one free. Now at Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. In-store only, limit 10. Valid through 1519. for tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends, one of the most informative and entertaining talk radio shows today. From social issues and trending topics to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So join us now for Real People, Real Topics, Real Talk. Let's Face It. Thanks for tuning in. It's Wednesday, June the 22nd, 2016. I'm live in the studio with Mr. Stephen Sykes from <laughs> Richmond, Virginia. Hey. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. I'm having fun, Mr. LP. Just having a little bit of fun and trying to make life grand as always. Peace that and blessings voice, to everybody. That voice, that million dollar <laughs> voice. I tell you, I gave it all the way to Miss Curry, so I don't have any money <laughs> any left anymore. Yes, we are in the studio with Miss Nikki Curry, world's greatest publicist. How are you doing, Nikki? I am good. She's I'm in the background. Fantastic. She's filming. Mm-hmm. We missed you last week. I know, I know. I wanted to be here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But we, we missed you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for being here, baby. Thanks for coming to um, the Black Men's mm-hmm. Rock Award on, what was it? Congratulations to you, sir. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, won three awards last night. Was it two nights ago? What was the last night? Yeah, Monday, Monday night. I'm getting old. I'm getting old. You should have had like 10. I'm sorry. You think so? Yeah, I, I know so. I'm going to have to have a talk. Uh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, so, so how we do things is we kick the show off with what I call the track of the week. This is usually a song that resonated with me throughout the week. And this past weekend, um, they had pride celebrations here in Norfolk, and I went out dancing two nights. You know I like to dance, and I can dance. Did you know I can dance? I did not know I can dance. Mm. Well, this song came on from Drake um, off his latest CD. It's called One Dance. So um, this song had me moving. You'll hear why. The beat is off the hook. <laughs> so we have one dance from Drake. We'll be right back. Baby, I like your stuff. Grips on your ways, front way, back way. You know that I don't play. Streets not safe, but I never run away. Even when I'm away. OT, OT, there's never much love when we go OT. I pray to make it back in one piece I pray, I pray That's why I need a one dance Got a Hennessy in my hand One more time before I go Higher powers taking a hold on me I need a one dance Got a Hennessy in my hand One more time before I go Higher powers taking a hold on me and guidance all that i'm wishing for my friends nobody makes it from my ends i had to bust up the silence you know you gotta stick by me soon as you see the text reply me i don't want to spend time fighting we got no time and that's why i need a one dance got a Hennessy in my hand one more time before i go higher powers taking a hold on me 
that is my jam. No. Nope. Yeah, hey. Mike is muted. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, I can hear a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's coming in. It's coming in. Yep, you good? Let's cut up a little bit louder. Okay, we're back. We're back. That was my jam for the week. That the, actually the whole CD. Nick, Nick, do you like Drake? I'm not a big Drake fan, but certain beats I can. Really, really. You know what? I'm not really a, a rap person, but when I heard this new CD, I was like, this CD is off the hook. <laughs> so when I heard it, um, I went out. Saturday night, then I went out Sunday night. Um, I heard it both nights, and it was just off the hook. So, so. tell the truth. You had your knees uh, hurting in the Raptor Nights. Nope. Nope. <laughs> mm -mm. No. Because you know what? Every time we have something at my family's house, my mom, I get dancing from my mom. Mm. And my mic's not on. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Every time we get together, uh, my mom, she, all, she likes line dancing. Um, so I, we're always teaching her different line dances and everything. Every time we get together, she wants to dance. So <laughs> I don't ever get tired of it. Mm, it's good exercise for me and all that. But we have Mr. Stephen Sykes came all the way down from Richmond, Virginia. Thank you so much. Thank you. From Enliven Radio. Yes. T tell everybody about you. And I know you have some special things coming on, coming up. Uh, yes. Uh, Mr. LP, Stephen Sykes, host of Enliven Radio, part of Legacy Internet Radio. We do a whole bunch of things. I call it a global community where we try to bring everybody together and we have to work on this community because last I checked, no one's leaving this uh, earth at this moment. So until we start planning colonies, uh, we're going to have to work it out. So right, I try right. to discuss a bunch of different topics, issues, health, wellness, sex trafficking, education, life, how to get money, how to be, you know, be successful in life. Um, between that, I host in, um, at least of uh, Sykes Talent Group, a group of uh, men and women uh, for acting, hosting, modeling, and stuff like that. And in between, I uh, try to get some videography, some photography work. And those who know, I'm a I act in voiceovers, and I try to and I do some IT work as well. I'm a techie, so I try so to get you, it in. You, you do photography and videography you, as well, you, yes, sir. What? Mm -hmm. I try to get whatever I can and everything. I try, I believe in doing what I have to do. Um, I know for, that's right. Uh, to make everybody work. I know that's right. That's right. So tell us about the event that you have coming up. Uh, well, a couple of things. One, mm -hmm. um, I'm uh, honored to be a, a part of our Walt uh, Talks play, Mount. Martin, Malcolm, and we, which is uh, based on the premise as if Martin Luther King and Malcolm X is alive today and going over some different issues is coming up on July 30th, 2016 um, at the Heroico Theater. Um, you can just look online for Raw Talk Entertainment and uh, Raw Silk, uh, author Tracy Harden, this guy's directing. And right. it's a great play, and we're just going to try to do what we can to help educate and enliven and uh Bring the world together and just through some topics and different issues. Exactly. And, you, and the TV show. Uh, yes. Uh, also, we have the rules TV show. The debuted. rules. The yes. rules. All the good different rules. They We have 12, but was, I promise you it's going to double by the time we get done. But uh, um, Man, I was in the auditions. And I mean, the, the people who auditioned, including yourself, 
we're, we're off the hook. I'm um, I'm proud Thank to you. say that um, that's a part of the Nikki Curry brand. I'm oh, in that the, family. So you know, it's a lot of people doing a lot of things. A lot of dreams coming true this year. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the rules coming up uh, July 11th, um, starting right. at 5 a.m. on Sky Four, um, and soon to be available online. And uh, Nikki Curry, Coach Crum, and it's just a wealth of everybody else, uh, cast and crew and characters. We just going to uh, try to help everybody and, and reach out to our young women out there, and hopefully some men are watching as well and just how break down if you don't know the rules uh, if you know the rules you won't get played so right. that's right so that's right do it's all can. about knowing those rules exactly so, so when can people listen to your show when when is it our show is on tuesdays uh some starting at 7 p.m on legacy internet radio.com you can also uh look up on uh tune in and look up legacy internet radio and you'll see our show play there uh, live on tuesdays okay awesome awesome now i was approached last night i didn't even nikki curry she always gets me because I don't keep her in the loop. So, Nikki, this is officially me telling you um, as if it just happened, but it really happened last night. <laughs> I was approached through Facebook by um, Claudine Ellis of Dream Girls Realty. She's having the Virginia Youth Got Talent mm. um, auditions and talent showcase June 25th. Oh, that's this weekend. Yes. Oops. Um, <laughs> 2016. Um, $1,000 grand prize from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be at the Keller Williams Building, um, which is 1100 Volvo Parkway, Suite 200, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23320. Um, you can pre-register at www.fb.me forward slash VYG talent. That's www.fb.me forward slash VYG talent. Mm-hmm. Um, she asked me to be a special guest judge for the mm-hmm. event. So um, that is, I, I've heard it on the radio. Um, she's with Dream Girls Realty, and oh, um, really nice lady. And you know, I guess they're, they're trying to find out the youth, um, all the talent that we have in the area. That's a beautiful thing. And if you, I might add one more, with your permission, sir, um, yes. a box cutter uh, magazine uh, with uh, head spearheaded by uh, Miss uh, Victoria Ashby. Uh, we have an event, uh, Enchanted Gardens, over at the. Um, uh, botanical gardens in norfolk uh celebrating in life and supporting of uh, women in a couple of shelters uh we're supporting today um at 5 p.m or white social uh you can go to uh, the box cutter um website bxcmag.com or go to box cutter magazine on facebook and you'll see some information about it and uh, we're just trying to get the word out and donations um needed for a lot of the um, shelters out there so we're just trying to do what we can to help people that's in need and you said that was box cutter yes our boc uh yeah box cut it all together all right all right all right well steven let me talk to you about this so i was looking through um the huffington post and mm-hmm. i think i saw this also on los angeles times i believe but they were saying that um the new york post said that porn is warping the a generation of men <laughs> um what they said today's porn is not you know the old school father's playboy um, you know, you can type in Google and you, you you know, you won't see anything that looks anything like the old pinups from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Instead, you know, you're catapulted into a world of sexual cruelty and brutality where women are basically just subjects, um, body punishing sex and called vile names. Um, fast forward, what they're saying is that this over a period of time is just destroying men. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I grew back up. I grew up in the day of the Playboy magazine, Pimp Boy magazine. Going mm-hmm. in the store, um, taking a magazine, going in the bathroom, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know what they're saying is that this t- the new type form um, porn, especially they were saying college age and even high school boys are growing up into men, um, and th- th- it's basically their major form of sex education. 
and that is causing permanent problems like a real man sees a woman for who she is. He respects her and her individuality. He sees her as his equal and as a person that deserves respect. But, you know, by watching porn, on the other hand, it object objectifies women and it turns them into things that are there to gratify a, a man's urge. It also says mm -hmm. that porn eliminates any need to connect with a woman emotionally or intellectually. And it also said porn creates unrealistic expectations in the minds of men about love and sex. In porn, the women are always hot and they're always ready, you know, in the, in the perfect world. In the real world, that's not just always. <laughs> I remember mm -mm, that, yeah. Nah, mm -mm. <laughs> yeah. No matter how much money you got. <laughs> exactly, right? Exactly. And then the, the, the thing that gets me is porn saps um, a lot of confidence you have mm -hmm. in yourself, leaving men sometimes feeling inadequate, um, full of self-doubt, and feeling that they can't measure up. I, so, it's it's a, a two-way street. I think it's a, 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 a defeating thing for both men and women. Uh -huh. uh, the reason being is because of that, you know, you, the lack of creativity. We got away from talking and feeling all these different things. Right. I could say for me to be able to go to that level with somebody, I need to connect mentally because if you, I can't just jump on in. Right. And then right, right. I can't perform that's just not me yeah but for a lot, a lot of uh women and men out there is you setting like you said they're setting expectations the wrong way right and it's not allowing the people to uh be creative mm -hmm. so if you think it's supposed to be this way and then when you get out there in the real world you're set up for failure right because you don't know um i was exposed to that type of thing early you know and i grew up up north so initially uh -huh. so it was like common fame but it was like you know just don't do it okay right so you know my grandmother aunts uncles whatever this is what happens but you just don't do it until you say so. Right. So that's what happened. And, uh -huh. uh, you know, I just wish that um, our mo most women um, don't now these days didn't have the fathers to help be there. Exactly. And then a lot of men are ashamed to say, I care, I love it, because a lot of women are now telling them, oh, you haven't done anything? Well, I don't want you because mm -hmm. you don't know what you're doing. Right. So a lot of men feel like they need to measure up in things. Mm -hmm. And the key thing about all of this is that a lot of the same stuff that we say with men is also with women, too. Mm -hmm. It's just that now is out more because of social media, but the same stuff was there for years. Exactly. 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 I think I, I personally feel like, like you said, it's, it's always been men and women. I, I actually have clients who talk about porn much more mm -hmm. than any guy that I, I I've ever hung around with. I'm mm -hmm. like, I, I personally, I didn't know that women were into, I thought that I thought they thought it was disgusting. There's a lot but, of women. There's a big market, a big market more so than anything. And then they expecting I give you one quick thing and uh -huh. I have no problem being honest. Women thinking you're supposed to go, 30, 40, 2 hours, 5 hours, yes, and they don't understand yes. that this is clipped in between. Yeah. You got the fluffers and, and all these together. things, and it's just uh, it's, it's just crazy mm -hmm. when, and then you got these things hooked up to Sears Die Hard batteries, and exactly. you, you know, and it's just going on, so you, what are you supposed to do? Uh -huh. You just gotta uh, live in the reality and live in the moment. Like, to be honest, love is just more than so just intercourse. It's just sex was, for me. It's just a whole sex for me is mm -hmm. dating, going out, and that, talking, all these other different things. Mm -hmm. The intercourse part is just a last thing it's yeah. not anything for me without the other stuff did you grow up with sex education to yes. me this was i mean like they said porn was my sex education oh, my types. parents did not talk about it it was mm. just me and my boys and penthouse and playboy it was, was it. It, it was uh revelant um i had a uh, my grandmother was fun to jump my aunt uh, worked in some bars uh shout out she passed uh, Aunt Cynthia. Uh, my name uh, grandmother naomi uh talked a whole lot my high school coaches, it was like, you know, you do this, you will die. And, oh, and everything, it was uh -huh. just like, it, because it, it, his thing was like this. 
you're going to do what you want no matter what I tell you. Right. But if I hear you come back with something or you have a girl pregnant, you will die. Mm. And that's what it was. Whoa. And then my grandma and my grandmother told me this. Uh, I don't want to use the words, but she said that uh, nobody won't no woman's stuff and your stuff is not gold. Until then, mm-hmm. don't get it twisted. You don't get caught up, and that's just how it is. Hey, hey, all right. Then. Well, moving on to the next topic, Chicago is having some issues, <laughs> Which major <one>? issues. <laughs> Which one? With their gun violence <laughs> and gun law. You know, over this past weekend. Father's Day weekend, they said that this weekend alone, over 60 hours, 56 people were shot and 13 people were killed, over 60 hours. And they said this brings their year-to-date total to 1,800 people being shot, with the deadliest month being May, and there were 400 people shot and 66 people killed. Mm -hmm. What is going on in Chicago? It, it was going on. Chicago is a manifestation of what was going on um, for many uh, other different cultures. It's just now getting the attention um, uh, that it is a lack of care, lack of self-respect, uh, lack of uh, people when you trying to have one law and try to have a blanket for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you start having lack of um, uh, different uh, resources for different mm-hmm. communities, then you start seeing becoming panic, mm-hmm. and then people were not given the skills and uh, stuff to, to maintain themselves. A lot of the people went to these factories and other things and was taught one or two things. Right, those things are gone. And keep in mind, we still dealing with a lot of older people who had Agent Orange, mental health, uh, all other type of breathing issues, heart issues, just health, medical, and not there for the children. So now these children are growing up and lacking coping skills, hungry, starved. You know if. I promise you, I'm not saying this is the case for a lot of kids, but if you put them in a safe environment of just food, mom and dad has a job and they get pay enough money and things like that, a lot of this stuff will go away. And then the other issue is just a, a uh, just a lack of uh, care and, and lack of uh, gun laws. You just need to have some better laws to support people. You know, despite what people may think, you just can't have everything and just do whatever you want. Right. There's a level of respect. Uh, just as much as like when you get to a car, you have to have some type of rules and guidance. And that's what's lacking here in America. Jeez, 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 jeez. And then um, this past Monday, the Senate, they shot down four, there were there were four proposals for, for gun laws and they shot all of them down, even in the wake, you know, of what happened in Orlando this week. I was, you know, saddened to see all the different pictures from, the, they're starting to have their different funerals for all the people who um, were massacred in that event. Even with, with that and even with the things that happened in San Bernardino um, and all the other major shootings, they, they still are having issues on um, both sides. Can't come, to, can't be bipartisan on the issue. Um, still going back and forth. So I think it's just a whole bunch of egos. Until um, it happens, you know what happens in a lot of cases. Until it happens home, to them, yeah, and things of that. That's when people start getting in care, and it's, it only is getting in more notice. And it's sad to say because it's happening in more affluent areas, more areas that have money, more people that can do different things and more and more young people. And now a lot of older people are seeing their grandchildren are dying or their great grandchildren passing. And it's like, what's going on here? And they want to quickly pass, cast their aspersions on um, people from Middle Eastern or European descent. And it's not right. And as a young man from uh, a uh, uh, Native American uh, culture and a other Caribbean cultures and things like that, and also Asian cultures, it bothers me to sit there to allow that 
to happen and we don't step up as a community because we've gone through this for years now and it's happening to them and it just passed every 15 years it passes to different cultures and races and we just circle around instead of getting to the root of the problem instead of attacking each other attack the issue and go from there that, that sounds too much like right and well you know that, that you do too much like right i think we're just not going to get anywhere they don't know what to do with themselves i think they'll panic with joy jeez 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 well, you know what? We have our first guest about to call in soon, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. John Vespasian. He has written a couple books. He's going to be here tonight to talk to us about um, building self-confidence and rational living. Um, he has a whole bunch of topics. He's written oh, like six books. But before then, you know, you were talking about the show, The Rules, with Coach Ellis yourself, mm-hmm. a, a whole bunch of other great people. Um, a young lady who I was interviewed by um, a couple of weeks ago named Miss Trish Stanley. We're announcing it here. She wrote the theme song, who their song that has been um, officially um, accepted as the theme song for the rules. Yay. And that's going to be airing when? July when? July 11th at 5 a.m. Sky 4, WSKY-TV. I know that's right. All right, but she's, she wrote the song, and it's called Love. So we're going to hear that, and then when we come back, we should be back with our guest, John Vespasian. Thank you, Colin. You're listening to Let's Face It. We'll be right back.
was also Miss Trish Stanley. That is the official theme song to, it's going to be the hit TV show, yes. The Rules, coming yes, up indeed. in just a couple of weeks. Yes, July 11th. It's coming up. Wow. Wow, that was nice. Very <laughs> nice. Very nice. Miss Trish Stanley, you said she's out of Atlanta, Georgia, right? Atlanta. My girl, my girl. All right. Um, well, our guest is going to be calling in very shortly. Again, he is Mr. John Vespasian. He is the author of seven books. He basically speaks on um, confidence, rational living, and a whole bunch of other topics. He's going to talk to us tonight pretty much on how to be extremely confident so that we can accomplish some of those big goals that we have planned for 2016. What's mm-hmm. on your calendar? What, what do you still have to do? Oh, gosh, I got a lot of different phases. We got the box cutter effect coming up. I know we are, um, as Sykes Town Group, uh, we're going to do some pictures with the group uh, in uh, July the 9th um, down here in Buckrow Beach. So uh, around 4 a.m. So we're going to have some Oof. fun out there with that start. If you want to get in on the photo shoot, you know, get, uh, hit me up in live and radio, E N L I V E N. Radio uh, at gmail.com or sykestg at gmail.com. So we've got quite a few things um, going on with that. Looking to uh, set up a whole bunch of different things and help out some people in New York and uh, D.C. with their fashion shows coming up. Um, I know Miss Adrienne Williams uh, have her uh, fashion show uh, with uh, Lady Dove Williams um, with um, her group up in New York. So we just got a lot of different things uh, going on uh, down here in 757. And also just try to help a, a community. Um, just get people out there to uh, 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 go get some more education, travel, and do some stuff. There's the museum. Uh, that's coming up, um, the new African-American museum out there, uh, September 24th, um, me and a group is trying to set up and, uh, get some information together for, to take a bus trip out there for the new, um, African-American historical museum, right there on Constitution and 14th in D.C. It's so, a new museum? Yeah. One of the few good things Mr. George, uh, W. Bush did, uh, is charter the funding for that. So it's, uh, opening up. So they're taking a lot of the artifacts from the American Museum. They're leaving some there, uh-huh. but they're opening up a new museum, just like a couple of years ago when they improved the Native American Museum, uh-huh. then, uh, the Holocaust Museum. So now they have a new, it's a big, a new museum. It's a big museum right there on the corner. You can't miss it. And it's a beautiful, wow. uh, they got a lot of videos online. It's a, a great thing. Have you ever been to the one that was in, it's in Baltimore? Uh, the Blacks and Wax, yes. I've set up a couple of bus trips in the past to take some of our youth up there mm-hmm. um, because I believe that's something that uh, is, in, and I, I strictly tell people all the time, um, black history and things, is uh, two things. One is not only for uh, black children, and then at the same time, know your history, not just here in America, uh, because I think too many people think it's just only a tie to the U.S., but know your cultural history, uh, the a new Mark Museum in uh, London and just a whole bunch of different uh, cultural museums to how um, African American his- African history has influenced a lot of different cultures and, and um, taken from a lot of different uh, ways all across the world. So that Blacks and Wax Museum is a great museum, uh, one of the best places I've ever been to in my life. I I keep hearing about it, like the especially when they have the um, slave mm-hmm. exhibit. It's something you need to go. It's one of those museums you got to go twice. Twice. And, and everything else because you're gonna it's gonna initially initially shock you yeah that's what and I heard. then the next time you come around you really catching the details and things I stood there and walked around I think I was there for like a good four or five hours when I was really? last there did you see people it. crying oh yes I would not honestly I would not take any uh, kid pass unless they're like twelve oh wow and they're very personally honest uh, like because it is 
one of those strong ones and mm -hmm. things like that. Another good museum is the Stromberg Museum in New York as well, mm -hmm. um, in Harlem. That's a very good museum that has a lot of similar information and a lot of books as well. And that's uh, one of those things that's going to be very uh, influential uh, to a lot of children. Jeez. Jeez. Well, I know one of the things that you wanted to talk about was the foster care system. Yes. Uh, one of the things that uh, I've always been um, encouraging over the years is that uh, it's a little over two or three million um, children in foster care um, and needing of adoption. And we need to do a better job. And it's sad that um, it's easier to get a child from overseas and bring them over than the ones that are here. And I want children uh, to all over to be adopted, not just here in the U.S., but all over. But uh, for those who are unaware, there are a lot of great uh, adoptkids.us.org, uh, but there's two great groups here that will help you get a lot of uh, children um Adoption, at least go to some studies, uh, uh, some centers. We've done a, a couple of shows where we had a lot of foster care and people who have adopted children um, to um, teach you about what happens um, in the process. One of them was the Family and Youth Advocacy Center in, in uh, Western Virginia. Uh, their phone number is 571-306-1205, and they have a lot of uh, great information it's not about money. It's just about giving uh, life. Because I think what people forget when it comes to our children is that they don't belong to us. They are gifts from God, um, in my humble opinion. And we need to share our gifts and talents and to help provide them with resources. And a lot of times we forget about them when they age, quote unquote, out oh. of the system and things of that nature. Um, another group um, is out in Richmond, Virginia, One Church, um, which is uh, 1214 West Graham Street. Their number is 804-329-3420, uh, and we've talked about a lot of the different things with them. And it was start, founded by uh, uh, several people out of Illinois that brought the information down to um, Richmond. And um, our children need help, and a lot of people just kind of forget about them. And with all the changes in the world and everything, it's not just black-white issues. There's a lot of, there's like at least 30 things we could think of on our own that we just don't do. So hopefully um, people can um, take the time out to get educated, help others. Uh, you don't have to... Uh, you don't have to be a certain gender, uh, a certain creed. You don't have to have all this money. Uh, there's a lot of support groups. There's legal help, a lot of different things. No, we're not going to come take your kids. We can just do what we can. Wow, wow, wow. And when, when we come back, we're going to talk to you, because I want to find out exactly why this issue is near and dear to your heart. Okay. Okay, okay. But right now we have our guest who's just called in on the line. Again, this is Mr. John Vespasian. How are you doing, sir? How are you? Hi, uh, Will. Uh, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's an honor to be in your, in your program. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you um, for calling in. So we're going to talk to you tonight about confidence and rational living. You've written already seven books um, on different topics. But I wanted to talk to you first. Um, with everything that you, you've written about, which technique for building self-confidence has been you know, repeatedly proven by experience? Well, the, the most... Uh uh, yes, well, uh, the, the most, um, I would say, efficient uh, way um, to build your, your confidence um, is to take uh, decisions and to look at problems uh, with the perspective of a lifetime. And the reason why uh, human beings, uh, we tend to panic in the face of problems, in the face of uh, difficulties, mm -hmm. is because, uh, to, a, to, a, to a great extent, uh, we're animals, uh, we panic, uh, when we when we see problems, and we forget that uh, we have many many decades uh, ahead of us, 
And if you are, if you adopt the habit of uh, of facing problems uh, with a perspective of uh, of decades, uh, you will realize that uh, in, in the short term uh, you might have to go through some problems, but in the long term. What, you, what today looks like uh, amazing uh, difficulties that uh, you will never be able to overcome. Right. When you look at it uh, after a few years, you see it is absolutely unimportant. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, sir, uh, thank you very much for calling again, Mr. Vespasian. I appreciate uh, your time. I have a question for you. What is the uh, best strategy in dealing with um, malevolent criticism, and how do you uh, take it forward and turn it around to make it work best for you? Well, um, dealing with criticism is uh, is really very heavy um, for all of us because when you see that uh, in the United States alone you have uh, about 50 million people uh, suffering from depression every year, right. and many of them taking medication, um, and there are many people who, who burn out and uh, they stop working because they cannot really face uh, criticism at work. Many divorces uh, are caused because people uh, cannot deal with uh, their spouses because they have uh, fights, they have discussions. You realize that... Um, it's really a huge problem because in the case of, um, of the average uh, European, the average American, where we are really have zero risk of starving or zero risk of, um, of having uh, um, a disaster wiping up our lives, the way we, we have to, uh, to deal with these problems is really by training ourselves um, to develop a very strong uh, self-confidence not by using little tricks like um, like uh, personal uh, sorry like uh, positive thinking, mm -hmm. but um, by developing a very very high self confidence by becoming very efficient. Now let me give you a, an example uh, that I deal in my books because um, it will give you I think um, an idea of uh, what you can do. Okay. And it's the story of uh, of, a, of a British uh, painter. His name was uh, William Turner, and he lived in the early 19th century. And Turner was attacked by the newspapers savagely year after year. I mean, he really had uh, to deal with a, a level of uh, malevolent criticism that nowadays is impossible to imagine. Because today, um, if you have a problem at work, you can always find another job. But in the 19th century, the world was very small. And uh, Turner uh, was able to develop a very successful career, even if he was continuously crucified by newspapers. And how did he do that? How was he able to survive uh, a continuous uh, attack by the newspapers and by the, basically by the establishment? And Turner was uh, really very, very poor, very, very shy. Uh, he was not really uh, what you can call uh, an outgoing personality. But um, at a certain point in his career, uh, he decided uh, basically to ignore uh, manipulating criticism and to concentrate on his work. And how did he do that? Uh, if you compare uh, Turner in the 19th century with today, you see that his strategy is really the right one because uh, nowadays when people get depressed, when they have to deal with malevolent criticism, they go to the therapist, they go to the psychologist, uh, they have a nervous breakdown, and everybody says, okay, poor guy, I mean, he cannot really deal with his work. Right. Turner has no choice. He has to, to really survive or to die because he has no, no possibilities. And the way he did it, uh, was to become extremely efficient uh, in his work. Um, he managed to uh, produce uh, two or three paintings per day, 
Uh, he developed a system, um, an extremely highly productive system, uh, to uh, ignore the newspapers and to build the market. And this is the best strategy uh, that you can use. Uh, instead of trying to fight everybody, instead of trying to uh, convince everybody that uh, they have to be nice with you, it's much better to become very effective at what you do and to build your self-confidence based on facts. So basically you're saying just throw yourself into doing something productive, throw yourself into your work, um, something like that. Could be your work, could be your, uh, could be your uh, hobbies, could be um, your skills. Uh, could be your relationships, but you have to find a way to concentrate in an area of your life where you can become very, very effective and allow you to build your self-confidence based on facts. Because if you try to fight everybody, to convince everybody uh, that uh, you're really great, that they should treat you fine, mm -hmm. that uh, they are not really appreciating you properly, basically it's a waste of time. I mean, you cannot really uh, fight against the world. It's much better to build facts, to build skills, uh, to build productivity, and then eventually you will become very self-confident. Mm, okay, okay. Uh, question for you, sir. And today, and this is a very good question considering our economic plight, because some feel that we are improving and some still that economic uh, recovery has not hit them. So my question to you is, what is the simple strategy in relation to your confidence and rational living? Uh, what is the simple strategy in helping you increase the chances of attaining financial success? Because a lot of people are not living in a reality that they have. Yes, um, an extremely uh, important question, especially if you're unemployed or you are uh, underemployed, which is the case of uh, many people today. And uh, you have to forget about uh, psychological tricks. Uh, you have to forget about trying to push yourself uh, uh, further. Just to say, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it, I'm going to be the best, uh, and this kind of stuff, because it's a completely waste of uh, your energies. It is much better to focus on finding real opportunities. Mm -hmm. And let me give you a, let me give an example um, from my books, and it's the the story of um, of Bela Lugosi, uh, who was a great um, uh, was a great actor uh, before the before the Second World War in Hungary. And when the Nazis came to Germany, he had to emigrate to the United States. And when Lugosi arrived in New York, uh, he could barely speak English. Uh, he was already um, um, I mean, depressed, uh, he was not able to find a job. He had to survive uh, doing the little roles in the theater. And Lugosi, um, for, for many years, uh, he thought his career was finished. And how did he manage to recover? Well, very, 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 very easy. Instead of trying to, um, to continue his career, because he was playing Shakespeare, he was doing uh, classical uh, performances uh, in Hungary, and he was really one of the major actors. Instead of trying to do what he was able to do, and he was really established, he's really trying to find other opportunities. And eventually, by trying different things, he came out uh, with, the, with, the, with the role of Dracula that he played in the theater in New York. Mm. And he was uh, really perfectly suited for this role because he had a Hungarian accent. Uh, he was able to, uh, to convince American audiences that uh, he was really the real Dracula. And after that, uh, Lugosi became extremely successful in movies in Hollywood. Uh, he made uh, seven movies uh, uh, using the, the role of Dracula, and eventually he became very successful, even if he was never looking for that. So the, the situation that uh, you have to really um, push yourself to be positive, I think is not the right strategy. It is much better uh, to try to find real, real opportunities in the market uh, to use your abilities and your skills. Oh, okay. Okay, so, so I have a question there. 
both of us basically, we're um, Stephen and myself, we're in very competitive fields. So I have a question. You know, what is the main factor that leads to you know the differences in performance? You have two people who have the same qualifications, but one um, their performance exceeds the other. What, what's the reasoning behind that? Uh, the main reason, which is uh, which is rarely uh, named in the um, in personal development books, is that you have to really find uh, a way to stabilize your situation and to stabilize your career so you can build on it. Uh, if you just go um, according to your feelings, according to your uh, to your uh, shorter interests, and you move from field to field, it's very difficult uh, to build a long-term career. And this seems like a self-evident uh, thing to do. But uh, very few people think of their career in terms of 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And uh, in uh, one of my books, I analyzed the career of Leonardo da Vinci, uh, who nowadays uh, we regard as a genius. And da Vinci, actually, he, uh, he achieved um, very, very little in his career because he changed uh, fields uh, different times. Uh, he became a painter. He was a sculptor. He, he was also a, a builder, uh, an architect. Uh, uh, he made drawings for books. And he tried many different things, but he never really focused uh, on one specific ability. And when he died um, uh, after uh, 65 years uh, of, uh, of, uh, of working on his, uh, on his career, uh, he really possessed uh, very, very little. Uh, he was never able to achieve uh, a great success in his lifetime, even if he clearly was a genius. Mm. So you have to prevent uh, the situation by focusing on one area uh, that allows you to use your skills. Very interesting, uh, which leads to a the backside of that uh, question. Uh, sometimes people are, uh, when they get education, um, when they go back and say, okay, I'll go in the field and get training, sometimes you can't tell them anything, even though they don't understand that there's always, in whatever career you choose, there's always professional redevelopment. Mm-hmm. So which what kind of philosophical errors that render people blind to opportunities? Would you say is just uh, being overly confident, uh, ignorant, uh, not willing to listen and learn, training? What would you say? Well, um, the the main problem is that uh, we tend to get uh, distracted uh, by such issues. And this is perfectly normal uh, in the human psychology because uh, like uh, most animals, uh, we tend to think short term uh, we tend to think only of the of the possibilities and the problems uh, in the perspective of a few weeks, a few months, or a few years. And when you really have to uh, to make a major decision, like uh, invest in your career, to uh, to study, to uh, to get a degree, um, it's very difficult uh, for most of us uh, to see what's going to happen in five or ten years. And uh, very, 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 very few people are actually able. Uh, to sustain uh, an investment for a decade or two decades that sometimes is needed to acquire the knowledge uh, to develop a successful career. Uh, This happens in a very complicated field like uh, engineering and also in relatively simple uh, things like uh, running a restaurant because um, you will find problems in any area you work, in relationships, uh, in in your work, in your investments, and it is only when you realize that uh, you are going to live for 80, 90, uh, perhaps 100 years uh, nowadays, that uh, you can have the serenity and the motivation uh, to sustain a long-term investment. Hmm. So, so I have a question. So listening to you, it seems like 
all the things like me in particular that I've been taught that you know you should visualize yourself in a better situation, and then our community you know you should have faith that things are going to get better. That's You're true. saying that those aren't really good tactics. So so how do you explain that some people you know feel so discouraged that they practically give up on all attempts to improve their situation or improve their lives? Well. Um Basically, it's because uh, we tend to look at, uh, at the environment that uh, we have uh, around us, and sometimes we cannot go and look at the next village or the next city or the next, uh, or the next uh, state. And um, um, there is a huge resistance uh, in the human psychology uh, to move. And if you are born in an area that has a uh, few opportunities, uh, all of us uh, tend to complain that, uh, okay, there is nothing here, that you cannot really get anywhere, there are no opportunities. Right. But uh, the, especially in some areas, um, uh, people are very traditional and they want to stay in that area. And you have to realize that uh, it's a waste of time. It is uh, much more productive uh, to move to a region, to move to a career, to move to an area uh, where there are high opportunities. And you see many people moving from one place to the other, but you also see a large number of people staying in situations that obviously offer no opportunity. Wow. Now, when you say this, now how do you take that to a different direction in terms of uh, prevention? Because we've, we've talked about a lot of the solutions and how to fix it, but what would you say is a, some methods of prevention so we can risk uh, prevent risking these situations won't happen again, risk preventing, preventing from failure? Well, uh, the most productive uh, way, and the, I would say the most inexpensive, is to read history and to see how other people have uh, faced these problems. Hmm. And let me give you an example um, from one of my books, um, which shows you a skill which is very, very uh, counterintuitive. And it's the story of Andrew Carnegie, who was uh, a steel um, um, uh, investor and uh, manager in the, in the 19th century. And Carnegie became very successful in a highly competitive market because we have to realize that uh, at the time of Carnegie, there were many, many uh, steel manufacturers. And he became um, one of the best in the world because he developed uh, a strategy, a business strategy that was very, very counterintuitive. And Carnegie was, uh, uh, when you study his career and his manager's methods, uh, he was one of the few persons uh, in business uh, who was always willing uh, to recognize his mistakes and to actually uh, accept uh, losses. And very often uh, you would see Carnegie making huge investments of a new factory uh, to produce steel, for basically for the railway in the United States. And if there was a better technology, because uh, the, the technology of making steel was, uh, was moving very, very fast, and when he saw there was a better technology, for instance, from Germany, he would have absolutely no problem to uh, dismantle the factory and to, to put uh, a new... Um, a new factory uh, using the new technology because he knew that it's much better to recognize your mistakes and to start from scratch and to use the latest technology and to use the latest uh, trend. It is much better than to be stubborn and to say, look, this is what I have done. I'm going to follow this through. And uh, This is completely counterintuitive. It's completely against human nature. But if you acquire this skill in your life, you will be able to throw away uh, what is not working, even if you have invested a lot of time, a lot of money, and to move in an area which has more opportunities. Okay, so moving on then, we're, well, I'm, I'm in a creative field. I was a, I'm a hair and makeup artist. I've been that for 20 years. And I wanted to know, you know, with the industry as it is, the state that it is, and a lot of people are leaving the industry, what's the most effective way that I can exploit my, my, my talents? What's an important principle that I can use? 
Well, basically, uh, you have to focus on the skills and to forget about um, the short-term uh, market um, uh, situation. Mm -hmm. Because you have a skill uh, which is built for many years, uh, and you have a public, and you have, uh, I assume, uh, a list of followers, and, and you have really an infrastructure which is based around you and your skills. Right. Uh, this infrastructure can be used in many different ways. And whether you're doing um, this outlet or you're doing that outlet, you can use that uh, to adapt to the latest technology and to, to look for new outlets, and you can build on that. And this is, uh, it is difficult uh, to do because psychologically it's very difficult to accept uh, that the market is changing. Right. But you have to focus on building your skills. Mm -hmm. uh, when you have a situation which is unclear, build your skills, uh, build your market, build your relationships, and you will always find a way uh, to use them productively. Oh, good answer. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a, a different qu uh, question, uh, sir, uh, from, uh, coming from a, uh, a common perspective a lot of uh, people can relate to. Um, a young man who had to uh, go through, wanted to go to college. He worked himself through. He's now, after five or six years, he's now graduated, young farm man. But now he's in a major city, metropolitan city, New York, D.C., L.A., and he's trying to get into marketing. But he grew up on a farm. Now, granted, he took some classes in college, but he kept himself relatively to himself because he didn't have that social skills. Now he's in a major city trying to get work. What would you tell that young man? Well, um, he might want to join um, uh, some association or some uh, business club uh, to make more contacts because it's very, very difficult uh, if you come from a, from a situation that you are an outsider and you're likely to remain an outsider for a long time. It's very, very difficult uh, to build uh, your career. And the second advice, the second piece of advice I would give is that uh, he has to try to build the skill which is, uh, which is not so, uh, so easily available in the market. So, for instance, you could learn, if you are living in New York, you could learn Spanish because this will open you the possibility um, uh, to access new markets. Uh, you can learn about uh, export marketing uh, to be able to, uh, to access uh, the European markets. I mean, you have to develop something extra and you have to build a network uh, in a way which is relatively easy by joining an association. Because otherwise, you will always have this, um, this uh, factor playing against you that you are an outsider, and uh, you can use the, 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 the situation of being an outsider to your advantage if you develop something extra. Hmm. Hmm. That's awesome. Very good. Awesome information. Yes, yes. So, okay, what's a, a crucial mistake that we need to avoid? Because like I said, been in the business for 20 years. The industry has been horrible. A lot of people leaving. What's the crucial mistake that I need to not um, take that I need to avoid in order to, you know, preserve my long-term motivation to succeed in this industry? What's, what's the, the mistake that I need to avoid? Well, the mistake uh, that destroys uh, many people's career, and this, um, it's something that uh, we tend to make uh, due to our uh, human nature, which is uh, to, to actually play uh, hard uh, any game you, you, you play, is um, the mistake... Um, uh, let me give you an example because uh, it will show you uh, it will show you the, the story because it's very very tragic, and um, I'm talking about uh, a, a, an inventor called Berblinger who lived uh, in the early 19th century and had this situation where the guy wanted to develop a career, uh, he tried different things and in the end he made a mistake uh, that destroyed his whole career, mm -hmm. and Berblinger was the first person in history uh, that documented who was able to fly. 
Uh, he had uh, a very, very, very um, uh, high skill with his hands because he was a tailor. And there was a person in, in history who, uh, who actually built uh, some wings. Uh, he was very, very good with uh, materials, with uh, textiles. And after uh, only a few weeks, he was practicing uh, flying from building to building. After very few weeks, he was able to fly, actually, because uh, contrary to most uh, engineers, uh, Berblinger was very practically oriented, and, um, and he developed uh, this, uh, this uh, new machine that actually worked. And the mistake that Berblinger made, and it's a mistake that many people made, is that he called uh, everybody in the city, he called the government, he called the king of Bavaria, and he promised that uh, he was going to demonstrate his high skills. Uh, he, was promised, uh, he promised that he was able to fly. So he climbed to the tower of the church, uh, on a Sunday after the big mass, and um, and then he had uh, 5,000 people watching him. Uh, he was going to fly, and he had been tra he had been training for uh, for weeks. And then he jumped from the tower with his wings, and he was very confident because he had been doing this uh, for months and and really uh, testing different situations. Mm -hmm. And then he crashed against the water of the Danube of the river. And he was really destroying his opportunities, and he was never heard of again because uh, people really laughed at him, uh, even if he was able to fly. And the mistake of playing everything in your in your uh, on one card and say, okay, I'm going to take a high risk, I'm going to play my career on uh, on do or die. Uh, this is a mistake that many people do, and this uh, is a horrible mistake. You should never do that. You should always keep margins. You should always keep uh, a backup opportunity. And don't make the same mistake as Berlinger, who actually was able to fly, documented, uh, able to fly. But uh, he overlooked the situation that uh, you cannot really fly about uh, cold water because it doesn't work. I mean, you really crash. But um, if he had uh, been a bit more careful, uh, he had been practicing uh, where he was actually able to fly, uh, he would have been very successful. But never, never, never play your future on one card even if you are uh, extremely good at what you do, because the risk is, uh, is simply too high. Interesting. I have one more question for you, sir. Um, a little bit different. What does change mean to you? Uh, sorry, uh, Will, again? I'm sorry. Yes, uh, a lot of people are resistant to change, and some don't understand change. Some think they understand it, know it. Some know it but don't know how to apply it. What does change mean to you? Well, it is the acceptance that... Um, uh, the, 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 the biological entities, uh, human beings, uh, society, uh, markets, uh, they are continuously moving. And this is something that uh, as human beings we find irritating because we want to have uh, stability, we want to have uh, clear patterns. But if you understand that uh, markets are continuously changing and relationships and, um, and networks, uh, then you will become alert and you will stay alert and you will do this naturally. And let me give you a short story um, uh, that I present in my books. And it's the story of uh, Sigmund Freud. And nowadays we, we hear about Freud, and he was really a very famous uh, psychiatrist. But uh, the beginning of his career were very, very difficult because he was really very poor. Uh, he graduated from the, from the university in Vienna. He became a physician. He made a PhD. He spent a lot of time uh, studying. But at the end, uh, he was really in a very, very bad job because he was an intern in a hospital. Uh, he could not really make uh, any uh, income because there were too many doctors at that moment in Austria. And the way um, uh, Freud uh, got out his, of his really pitiful situation, because he was not able to marry, he was not able to find another job, he was completely stuck. 
And the way Freud became so famous and became uh, uh, really a high-earning uh, physician is by trying different things. And at a certain point, uh, he heard about uh, hypnotism. Uh, he went uh, to France uh, on a weekend uh, for a few days just to see a demonstration of a French doctor who had really, he was really experimenting uh, by hypnotizing patients. And even if Freud could not speak French, uh, he saw the experiment and he found it very intriguing. And he came back to Vienna and he started to experiment uh, as a hypnotist. He was not very good at the beginning, but he became uh, famous very, very quickly because he was the only one in his country who was doing this uh, new, new technique. And after experimenting with different things like uh, uh, dream interpretation, uh, words association, uh, within a decade, uh, Freud became uh, the most famous uh, physician in uh, Austria and then in Europe and then in the world. And it is only by experimenting uh, in different fields and by continuously looking at the moving market, because the market is never stable, mm -hmm. that you will be able to find uh, new trends and new opportunities and uh, possibly become very wealthy and very successful. Wow. Well, John, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. How can, I know that you've written seven books. How can our um, followers and listeners um, purchase your books and follow you on social media? Well, it's very easy. I'm, uh, I'm on Facebook, I am on Twitter, and different uh, social media. The, the easiest way to find my work is to type my name in, uh, in Google, uh, John Vespasian, and you will find immediately my books on my website, my blog, and uh, my social media links. So you type John Vespasian on Google, and you will find me very easily. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. You've, you've given a lot of good information. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any closing words to say? Yes, uh, don't get uh, irritated, don't get discouraged, don't get depressed if you are not uh, becoming successful in the short term. Uh, in most situations, you are going to live 80, 90, maybe uh, 100 years old uh, with today's technology. So keep moving, keep going on, keep uh, learning new things, and uh, take a look at, uh, at things philosophically, because uh, it is the only way to build a rational life and to become... Uh, um, to keep your peace of mind in the face of adversity and uh, to make sure that you don't despair and you don't get discouraged because then you will make mistake after mistake. Wow, mm -hmm. awesome. Well, thank you so much for calling in, and you have a good evening. Many thanks, uh, William. Uh, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. Awesome. We're going to take a quick commercial break and come right back, um, chat a little bit before we talk to our next guest. You're listening to Let's Face It. We'll be right back. You've been listening to Let's Face It with your straight morning friend. We'll be right back. Not on my watch, our military service members say, as they volunteer to serve. Not on my watch, they say, as they leave their families behind to keep the rest of ours safe. As they move out, stand firm, and take fire. So not on our watch, we say, to the severely ill or injured veterans who can't get the care they deserve, the therapists they need to walk again, the treatment they need to talk again, the lifetime of day-to-day -day help they need to live full and independent lives. When there's no more government funding, or a nursing home seems like the only option, or everyone says there's no hope for recovery, we won't leave one warrior behind. Not on our watch. Find out how you can do your part at findwwp.org. Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. 
Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking. But no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times, when we were more active and ate more healthy foods, and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave, but unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart and don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. For help keeping yours at a healthy range, text PRESSURE to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Hey guys, follow WODU Studios on Twitter at WODU Studios to find out how you can enter to win tickets to Badfish, a tribute to Sublime at the Norba, live on June 24th at 8pm. Again, follow at WODU Studios on Twitter or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash WODU Studios official to see how you can enter. Welcome back. Welcome back to Let's Face It Radio. Before our guests, we were talking, Steve and I, we were... Um, chatting about uh, foster care, and I was asking, you know, you seem very versed on it. It's, it touches your heart. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know why is it very important to you? Um, I was, uh, I and I know my mom don't like me saying this, but I tell the truth. I was originally looking to be a one of the coat hanger children, and my grandmother stepped in and said, uh, "No, uh, I'm going to raise you." And my grandmother had took me in and um, helped raise me from birth. And along with her, my Aunt Vanessa and my Aunt Cynthia um, and a whole uh, a lot of other people have stepped into my life. Um, as I've gotten older, um, um, my band director, Mr. Sherlock, and uh, Coach uh, Frank Scott and the rest of the coaches and his family just basically adopted me and, uh, you know, within their families. And I, his uh, his sons, you know, they're my brothers. And uh mm-hmm. You know, just a variety of people has been there, and I've been one of those uh, people that's just been fortunate enough to have people there that stepped in, and um, in the former way of foster care and stuff like that. Home life was not easy for me, um, in a variety of different things, and so that's helped. And then over the years, um, in my early uh, beginning years, I had the opportunity to travel a lot with sports. Uh, and doing IT and also doing some volunteer work. I've traveled to well over 50 countries mm-hmm. um, and been through several passports. And a lot of those things, volunteering or some of the IT stuff, is seeing some of these kids just running around in villages and stuff like wow. that. You know, the Slumdog Millionaire, I've seen that, that stuff uh, was going on over there. I've had a child in Africa die in my hands, you know, from, ad, you know, over pol- stupid political stuff where, you know, trade stuff and the truck with medicine sitting there at the border. But until someone said, or whatever because they don't like something and these kids are starving and um, seeing kids all over the world regardless of color playing with each other or people and just don't have anywhere to go Mm -hmm. and just walking around the street that's how they uh, seeing stuff I've stumbled into uh, giving out information towards uh, you know where people are doing uh, in London uh, one of the houses where they were trading children trading Uh, children? yes uh, uh, legal sex trafficking. I've seen stuff uh, in a variety of different things, and um, you know, I've reported people on jobs uh, in IT. You see a lot. I reported child pornography on some lawyers, mm-hmm. uh, and just uh, see a variety of different things that just uh, troubled me. And I said, "There's, well, there's no need for this." 
Um, so I've always been um, encouraging to protect our children, protect our youth, and do something. Um, with all the different issues that's going on in the world, I think that's one of those back issues that yeah. – uh, there, there's a lot, you know, asthma has been a big one for me as well, but uh, that's one of those big uh, issues uh, that lupus, fibromyalgia, asthma, a lot of those things has been rampant in my family in so many different years, and it's one of those things that uh, right now I do not have any children I help give birth towards, but uh, I help raise a lot of children in my life, and I said that's one of the things that Lord blessed me with a wife one day um, that um, I'm going to do um, is uh, adopt. Now, I could easily adopt without a uh, wife, but um, I just wanted to try to have everything together because I know me being a uh, disciplined in a lot of different things mm-hmm. in heart, I want to be able to make sure that a child has much as, as much as possible. That's awesome. 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 Good to see you so passionate about that. Oh, thank you. It's just, it means that. And also um, travel, sending kids overseas. Uh, one of the things I said, if I was president, I could do whatever I want. I want to take 100 kids per state, man, uh, 50 male and 50 female, and have them switch them around the states and then take another 100 kids and switch them to different countries overseas. Mm-hmm. I think that um, there's plenty of statistics proven that when you send children overseas, uh, whether for school or activity or just family trip before they get to middle school and definitely before high school, uh, their improvement and enrichment rate is dramatically higher up to like 97%. Whoa. And um, you get an offer a variety of different things. Yes, I did the wells. Yes, I did a lot of different things. And one of the things that troubled me in that is that a lot of organizations always ask me why there was, you know, so many Caucasians but not enough minority children of different races and not volunteering. Mm-hmm. And when I've done, I, I worked with uh, Cross Cultural Solutions. There's actually a video, a YouTube video that I did about it and um, a bunch of different things. But I look at all the prices and just different information that I have by the pound um, regarding it. Uh, one of the groups that transitions abroad that has it, uh, you know, for at least between three hundred to four or $5,000, the amount of money that some people just waste on different things. You can send your kid uh, for a couple of weeks, sometimes for a whole semester. Mm-hmm. If you write uh, them, sometimes they will send you for, uh, uh, you know, they they will send for your child and you pay. And someone's like, do I really want to send my child that? But you have to look at the fact of um, what that, education and that experience can uh, offer to that child. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell a quick story. Um, a friend of mine, I uh, went with him with his daughter, went to court and she was 13, 14, pregnant several times, had, you know, wilding out, hair color, tattoos, just getting in trouble, fighting, drinking, cursing, just everything. Wow. Judge mm-hmm. was just like, I just had it. I'm about to throw it in. You got anything anybody else want to do with this child? The father, the mother's steady crying, please, whatever. The father's like, I had it. She died, she died, whatever. I don't know what got into me. I stepped up to Yana and said, can I help you? I said, look, can you give me uh, like 30 days, 30, 60 days with this child? You didn't know the child? I knew him, you know, for work, but I saw the child at one time, but it was something he was always coming to work talking about Mm -hmm. and just, you know, a desperate father Mm -hmm. and just at his last end because he didn't want to see his child going away, but she's done, she done stole cars and crashed and broke a neighbor's house and crashed, had boys and just really wilding out. Um, so I said, okay. So the judge literally gave me temporary custody for the child. Mm-hmm. So he's like, what now? I said, give me $2,000. I'll save your daughter. 
and we went to uh, uh, sign this paper. I went, went to uh, get a passport, and I sent her overseas to a school program in in um, the Netherlands. And with that, um, they went. Um, she went over there, came back at the end of the summer. Judge was like, I don't even recognize this child. She ended up staying over there, um, and for the whole year, went back for the uh, her freshman year. Came back for like a couple of days in the summer and was gone. Then she went to Germany and then to London and then she graduated. The judge was like, after like I saw when your judge was like, I don't need no more status updates. You free. She's now traveling as a doctor and is traveling with the uh, United Red Cross. Really? Uh, International Red Cross uh, traveling and doctor. Uh, could be making money. Only, and she graduated early. She couldn't go to med school over in, back in the U.S. because she had to be a certain age at that time for a couple of ones that she wanted to go to. She stayed, and, and she ended up learning about five or six languages. Mm-hmm. And it was just uh, pretty interesting. Wow. So I've seen the in, in social impact uh, that it can have. You know, you can find your first pay. A lot of kids, every kid gets A's nowadays, for good, bad, and different. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of kids. But how many kids? And when you know, when I'm a scholar, if I'm a person that's reviewing sco- uh, scholarships or entry level kids, sure, every kid's got an A. Sure, every kid who sings at their church and do something in community. But how many of them could say, "Hey, I went exploring in uh, Costa Rica." Um, and, uh, you know, for businesses and stuff like that. I went on a camping trip in the safari in North Africa, Nambia, Botswana, and Zimbabwe. Um, I went and helped work with kids in China, and for three weeks, the work and live great. You know, I went to uh, Paraguay, and I went to Italy on a cultural immersion um, throughout uh, Europe and also uh, certain parts of Portugal. Uh These things that relatively cheap and easy to do, and people don't take advantage of. Why and why don't they? Uh, lack of priorities, lack of understanding. Some people, uh, and I get that some people are unaware, but what bothers me again, I've always said willful ignorance uh-huh. uh, that people do know and uh, don't know what uh, what to do. So it's a very uh, a troubling thing that I said to send them overseas. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, one of the issues I had with the fosters, well, not issues with the system, but um, how. A lot of people are trying to financially benefit off the foster care system. Um, like I said, I deal with a lot of clients all the time. I hear them talking. And I've heard in the past couple of years, so many people who I heard, you know, they're saying they're fostering. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so nice of you to be fostering just to come to find out that it's, it's for a financial gain. Yeah. Have you heard a lot about that? Uh, yes. Uh, there, unfortunately, with every type of system out there, there's somebody who's always trying to take advantage. Uh, a lot of the programs are very much in terms of uh, researching character uh, of the person and a variety of people and to try to prevent that. Also, of course, uh, abuse. Uh, Child know, abuse? Uh, yes, that, that happens. Um, unfortunately, it happens uh, sometimes in the, in this arena and even if it's the children who are your own. Uh the thing about it is it's just that you have to understand that, the, uh, you know, it's hard for these children to come into your home, understand, go to the school, learn new people. You made friends with the group of kids that you already were socially involved with, and now you're taken from there. The thing is, is always keep the kids involved. If the parents are not able or not around for whatever reason, um, even if they're in jail, sick, past, whatever, still never deny the child's history. And also, uh, don't look at it as a game. Sure, would I get some money? Yes, but me, I would put all the money into the bank. 
So what happens is uh, outside of medical, you know, schoolings, everything is going to the bank. So when they get out of college, if they choose to go to college or what have you, uh, they have something there. Um, they can get a car, buy a you know home, put some money towards a basic home, whatever the case may be, so they can have something when they get out. But you know, I'm not. If you don't go to college, you're going to go some type of trade school. You're not going to get out without some type of certificate or degree. <laughs> in the, my book. W- and w- when they come from the um, the state, don't they provide funds for that? Uh, yes, uh, in some cases, yes, but not in a lot of cases, no. Some kids, unfortunately. When you get past the age of five, uh, your adoption rate drops. Um, and then you're, it's like less than 12% when it gets past uh, 12 years old. Really? Uh, 10, 12 years old. Like the older you get, uh, you know, the worse it is to get adopted. And in some cases, you'll get into the foster care system, but sometimes you age out. Uh, where, you know, there are a lot of good foster family uh, parents that still will look out for the children because, you know, they go to college and just don't have anything. And, they, and sometimes it's rough there, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, I took care of you for four or five years and I'm going to buy. No. Uh, to me, you're my ch- Whether you're, I've adopted you or not, you're my child, as far right. as I'm concerned. And I'm going to look after you till the day I die. Jeez, jeez, jeez. Well, we're going to have our next guest call in, Mr. Jeff Harmon. He is an astrologer for... He's a second-generation um, astrologer, actually, of over 40 years. Do you believe in astrology? Uh, I believe in I, I believe it has some merits and things. It is. I do agree in it and things of that nature. So, Nikki, do you believe in it? Absolutely. You do? <laughs> I do. I do. And you're a what? I am a cancer. Cancer. Yes, Ooh. my birthday is coming up crab. soon. Yes, I'm a crab. Okay. Oh, don't be <laughs> uh, Steve, what are you? I'm a Sagittarius, and I'm Taurus. So, are you like what they say you are? And some, and some of it, um, but not really a lot of it. Um, I'm things. just like I'm textbook, just like yeah. you do. I, I, I was not. Um, I was uh, to say that I was dropped off uh, as a child is an understatement. All I know is they kidnapped me, experimented on me, and came and dropped me back off and said they couldn't do anything with me. I was unhelpful. <laughs> oh I'm, gosh. I'm really just a unique brand. People who don't, those who know, I'm a cut up. I don't know how to behave. I'm a, I'm my grandmother's child. I just uh, let it go and things, and just like uh, the heck with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, our 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 guest who's about to call in, he says that you know everything that we know. There's so much more to it, and he's been doing it for over forty years. Hmm. Um, he's gonna pretty much talk to us about how it can help us make decisions about where to live, the best location to live, decisions to make, um, mm-hmm. and then how we can definitely find the love of our lives. You said you were looking for a wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm back on the market, so I want to. If I can use any tool that I can get, uh, I see options all the time. You see, op- I, I see options all the. <laughs> I see options all the time, yes. and everything else, you know. But you know, it's it's just, it's just hard. It's going to be hard for a woman um, for be around me because I'm always around a lot of beautiful women. Even before I had a talent group, I, it's one of those interesting things. I've always been around beautiful women, and uh, well, it's going to be hard. Well, because a woman it would be strong. Some women are not um, strong enough. I, I have to make sure that she's comfortable because I'm there changing clothes. I'm giving advice. I'm very knowledgeable in a lot of women clothing, body armor, makeup, hair, whatever. And uh, they look at some women look at you like, huh, and, and things, you know. But I, you know, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And I and I do talk to a lot of um, the women, not just in the group, but um, other things. And a lot of people are going through different challenges, and I try to be there supportive. Um, there's a lot of social 
service in this work in this field whether a lot of people realize it or not you being an mua uh, you know right, and, right you know how many times we've talked about so many other different things other than the job we're doing that's true you're <laughs> right so you're right you know we try to have some wise counsel and uh and cast some positivity in it that's right well we have our guest calling in now mr jeff Harmon. welcome to the show jeff how are you I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for calling in. Sorry if we had some little technical difficulties, but I want to thank you for calling in. We were just talking amongst ourselves about astrology, and you've been in this for 40 years? Yeah, it's been a long time since yeah. Wow. Wow. And you're, you're a second-generation astrologer. Yeah, yes. My mother, uh, actually, I got into it kind of by accident. I didn't believe it, but I was very skeptical. Okay. She started calling my girlfriend to react. That's what okay. Something changed. Wow. And w- w- what kind of astrology do you practice and why? Well, I do a lot of different styles. But the first, uh, I mean, that's a very complex question to ask. But I, I would start with first and foremost that uh, I, I do probably what would be called traditional Oh, okay. And there, there's many different types. There's birth chart astrology, which is what most people are familiar with in the West. It's called the sun sign. Okay. Um, and then I do electional astrology, which is uh, picking auspicious times to get married, sign a corporation, file a corporation, sign a documents, and then there's also interrogation astrology, which is asking questions. Interrogation. Yeah, interrogation. Many Western astrologers know it as horary. That's kind of the Latinized term of it. The other term that is used in India is called prashna. They all mean the same thing. Okay. I call it interrogation because you're really inquiring about something. Okay. You don't need your birth chart, and it's divination. Okay, okay. So pretty much the one that we're familiar with, you said like the sun signs and everything, that's the very surface level of what, what it all is about. Yeah, in fact, uh, people are, are surprised to know that in Vedic stones, they often don't have them. It's using the superior sodium. Okay. Uh, sir, let me ask uh, this. I know it's a little off script. What kind of kept you involved in involved with astrology where, uh, you know, you, we see it in our newspapers, we see it online, we get our emails of it, we go on Facebook, you see astrology stuff. What keeps your interest in it that's on a much more deeper level than what the surface level that everybody else sees? Uh, what kind of keeps you involved in it over the years? Well, I mean, people request it. So much different stuff for people, business people. You know, uh, I, I have a lot of business clients uh, in many different walks, fashion, entertainment business, uh, music, film, uh, restaurants, uh, corporate business. And you'd be surprised how people use it. A lot of people think astrology is kind of a Harvard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Nancy Reagan was probably one of the few who. Sir, if you, if you don't mind, I know you may be um, out and about mobile. Uh, 
we're you're fading on us a little bit. Uh, could you get to a, a, a spot and uh, hold still for a second and, and repeat that last question, the last part about the Reagan? Yeah, I mean Nancy Reagan was was one who was popularized as using astrology. Oh, okay. But but it was really Ronald Reagan. In fact, Ronald Reagan used to meet an astrologer, Carol Ryder, in Beverly Hills every every other Wednesday. He was coming. And uh, he frequented a lot of and also in Washington. Mm-hmm. In fact, the famous actor Robert Mitchum used to blend forces also. They, the religions have made it out to be the work of the devil and right. not acceptable, so uh, people keep it quiet. Okay. So, um, my co host and I, we were talking right before you, um, you called in basically about how we have been using astrology, basically, like you were saying, with the, the sun signs, um, to, to, to basically find relationships. We know when we meet people and everything. How does astrology help with relationships, marriages, and family? Oh, a lot. A lot. Because a lot of people are in marriage and they can't get out of these, especially if it's And when you get into Vedic astrology or the ancient Egyptian tradition, it's efficiently different than modern science. You don't have this, I call it love-like clueless. Uh, love-like clueless is a term that it just, it's not very nice. Pisces and Aries and all this sunshine stuff is a modern situation. When you start looking at the ancient charts, you see very actively how people interact with them, whether they're dominant or they're very compatible or they're emotionally compatible but maybe not intellectually compatible. Now, there's all kinds of ways you can look at it. And I think what it helps is if you're in a relationship, it allows you to become more tolerant and look at it from a perspective. It's actually a wonderful tool. And then the other alternative is just before you jump in the fold with someone, meaning get back to look at a partner's compatibility. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can make executive decisions. You might not have made up. You know, we, we spend thousands of dollars going to therapists, right. and uh, sometimes they help, sometimes they don't. And I find any tool you can use to help raise conscious awareness and, I think, more accurately cope with life's challenges. What's wrong with using somebody that you uh, can Right. You mentioned um, about... Uh you know, how it's used in relationships and marriages. With uh, other cultures, you see how people will marry one another, whether they know each other or not, based on either power, respect, or tradition. How does that play in conflict with astrology in terms of, like, these two people may be of a different, quote-unquote, sign, but they uh and they don't work out but because of tradition or power or whatever the case may be their families are marrying each other how does where's the conflict in that or how does that work well i mean there's there's always conflict in those kinds of things i mean if, if someone tells you to marry someone marriage and something like that i mean those often I would say is where conflict comes in is not everybody believes it. And 
the, 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 the most important thing I try to do with reading is get people to see what they expect or understand. And one of the most powerful tools today is the I, I literally walk people right in and I show them diagrams that they can relate. And there's a lot of wonderful methods that help people get around karmic influences. If you believe in past lives, even if you don't, um, if you just believe in this life, there are energies that are in place. Psychologists can tell us we have beliefs, and, and we all have beliefs. Some of them are accurate, some of them aren't. Mm. And any good therapist or astrologer should be helping one to understand whether or not their beliefs are And sometimes just getting people to see things in relation. Uh, whether it be business or personal, uh, from a different viewpoint, broadens their awareness, and they come at it like an airline pilot. You know, if, if you uh, are looking out the windshield, you're only going so far. If you're seeing radar, communication, weather reports, you probably can have a little bit broader perspective when it's coming at you. you know, it, it's kind of like that. Personal cycles are huge to be able to look at. And oftentimes I find it gives people a lot of hope because, well, let's face it, life on Earth is always we can get bills and we can get challenges and things in relationships. And uh, the goal of this is to help people to see more. Not predict too much. Okay, okay. Uh, so, so it seems like it's something. So when I was reading your, your information that you submitted, I saw that you also said that um, astrology can help you even in choosing the wedding date once you, once you meet someone. Yeah, it can. I do a lot of wedding elections. Uh, wedding elections are literally when you're pronounced and all married. And what's important about that is uh, it, it really comes down to not only picking the day, but right, right, also the time. So I often have people time their vows so that they end up in a window of time that's auspicious. Really? And I have had very few divorces. And the few that I have had, I've often said, you know, this may not go to business based on compatibility or personal cycles. So there was usually some pretty questionable stuff in the first place. And the wedding election often helped it resolve much of the pattern. When people get angry and, and they feel justified, sometimes divorces can really get nasty. And what I find is it's usually to get married at a good time, even if you do get divorced, and so let me ask you this. Um, how about when we uh, go for careers and some people really put into the, um, their thoughts into astrology in terms of how to proceed towards their career? For example, some may not do as much work or they will say, my, it's my sign, it's my destiny. The sign says I'm going to get it today. And they will sit in the park versus going somewhere and knocking on doors, headhunting, or going to the library. Uh, some will do that versus, and will over panic versus just taking a sit back 
but they're 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 going against what someone may feel their rational re- mind is versus going with an astrology um in terms of whichever level of how we're going deep with it which what is your thoughts to that sir I think what you're trying to say is, is, you know, can astrology help you navigate on a daily basis of what to do? And sometimes, you know, when people not using it, they just will go forward and work. If you're saying, I don't know if I'm upset, uh, if the energy's bad, they can go to work something else. Well, again, there's no shortcuts. Astrology will not replace a fuel. Not going to replace heart. It's not going to replace innate talent. And uh, I guess what it will do is help one avenue. Like a good example might be I have had people business say to me today, uh, when's a good day to have a board meeting? Or we have a very important issue we want to accomplish. When is a good time to do that? When's a good time to hire an attorney? So the energies of astrology change all the time. And, like, here's a good example. I have a lot of people who have been unable to sell real estate. And they'll call me up and say, I heard, you know, if, if I sign a real estate contract or put this on the market at a good time, I'll sell it. And that's definitely the case. I have had many people who said, sell the place for two years or for whatever, six months. And then they would put it on the market at a time that I told them, and they would use it to sell it very quickly and often get what they were asking for. Now, that's interesting because I've had, had one client say that she had four viewings of the property in two weeks that she had three years and sold it for more than she asked. Oh. So, and that's happened several times. And that's what astrology does. It's like a stop and go way. It takes a lot of skill to do that. I've spent a lot of years learning this craft, and I don't think anyone's ever done it. Um, to say that nobody knows about astrology, and um, I certainly say I've studied hard, mm-hmm. and I work very hard with my kids. But the, the, the key is, is to be active. Okay. And there are configurations monetarily-wise or energetically that are very favorable for doing business, getting married, taking care of chronic corporations. And those configurations will come up all the time and are very, very, very happy. And one wants to avoid those, of course, have great energy. The only way you're going to do that is somebody using ancient astrology. Modern astrology is not, in my opinion, as accurate a tool. And, and it's not because they're anxious. It's because it is astronomy scientifically applied. Where modern astrology is too, but not to the level. So it sounds to me like the, the deeper that you get, because the level that you're speaking on is just is is really really foreign to me. It's it's, it's kind of it's, it's a little difficult. I can see how you studied it years and years and years to master it. So basically, the surface, the sun, the sun signs, like like you were saying, are you saying they're not as accurate? Because to me, they seem very accurate. No, well, there's some accuracy to it, and I'll tell you why. Because the sun is the seat of the ego, 
is he, this goes back to the Kabbalah. When you look at, there are millions of people born every single month mm-hmm. with the sun in the same sign. Look at their eyes. There's nobody the same. There's nobody the same. And when you start getting into the ancient doctrines, see, I do more than just astrology. I look at, really, we are souls having physical experiences. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what gender we are. doesn't matter what race we are. doesn't matter how tall or short or big or skinny we are. We're all souls having experiences. And to the atheists, I say, well, there's some strong evidence to counter that. Uh, and what I would say is that that's the, the clear, that's one of the clear differences in ancient theology and philosophy towards the way a soul is approached. We're not ourselves. We're playing it very simply to how acting plays a script. And what's important about that is if anyone's acted, or we, we all act in business and our relationships every day, whether mm-hmm. not or whether it's in front of the camera. So the key is, is being aware that we're influenced by the karmic energies astrology shows, but it's not us. It's an experience, or it's an energy coming at us, very similar in physics to like vectors. Vectors affect things. Going down the road in a car, if you're doing 70 miles an hour, you're probably not going to stop it. There's forces there that happen to cross the top. It's very similar how astrology works. And some of those forces could be wonderful. Some of them could be very challenging. And that's where you get into how can you change something that seems to be a life habit. It may not happen instantly, but there's a lot of tools particularly in Vedic astrology that does that. There's certain prayers, there's certain mantras, there's certain gems you can wear, there's certain gems you don't want to wear. There's certain things you can do. Um, One of the most fascinating texts to me is some of the Hebrew and Aramaic texts that go way back to the Egyptian, ancient Egyptian times. And there are specific documents talk about how souls incarnate, and there's very specific ways souls incarnate. And I, and I always say, forget Trinity, Neo, and Morpheus. I think this is the real matrix. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And uh, what's fascinating is Nadi astrology, which is spelled N-A-D-I, um, is a very ancient system that actually looks at where is your soul, or the fragment of it now, on in this incarnation. And uh, science, you know, with genetics and everything else, is certainly coming to realize that we are not our bodies. Consciousness is not localized in the gray matter of the brain. It certainly seems to be working. And uh, depending on who you talk to, the astrology indicates where maybe the soul is on its journey. Kind of like going down the yellow brick road. Mm-hmm. You have the spirit girl, or you have the field man, or you have the witch's castle, or you have the wizard's door. So it's, it's kind of like that. And, and these old texts really support astrology as a matrix of where the soul is at this point in what we call time, mm-hmm. which is a heck of a lot different than, oh, you're an Aries or a Pisces, or, you know. So those sell books. And, and they're certainly titillating to look at, and it's, it's fun. But it's newspaper stuff, it's not real stuff. 
Oh. So it's it's not even as easy as me me saying, you know, I'm a Taurus. Can, can you tell me who I'm most compatible with? It's not that easy. Well, it is if I have your chart and I'm looking at someone else's chart. Um, but I look a lot more at, I don't look hardly all at the sun. I'm looking more at other, other aspects between you and the other individual. Mars and Venus aspect shows passion. Mm-hmm. Mercury shows intellect. Luke shows emotion. Saturn shows who dominates who. Uh, Jupiter shows how you take spirituality and where you're at. Some people don't like philosophy at all. You know, I mean, there's, there's every walk of life going on in this life. And when you look at NASA, has, has actually proven we are going around the central sun at just short of a half a million miles an hour. When I say we, I don't just mean the Earth. I mean the whole solar system mm-hmm. is going around the central sun. And the, the science seems to support it somewhere around 480 to 485,000 miles an hour, some say but it's so fast that the planet is spiraling behind the sun. So when you look at that, you and that takes 24 to 26,000 years to go around, you could never get the same birth chart ever. It just couldn't happen. And, and I really believe that supports reality. I mean, there are no two people the same. And, and dumbing it down to just sun signs, sure, you'll see some access. But, but there is absolutely no way for you. I just want to know, so what's going to happen with the presidential election? Everything's going on, you know, everything's up in arms, and what's going to happen with the election? It's insane. Um, I really think, and I said this at the beginning of the year, um, Donald Trump's going to continue to irritate. He's really got a brass jar, but he's got a strong jar. 
I, I really think the owners of the country, I don't know if it's from George Carlin, but he said, forget the politicians. You have owners. <laughs> they own this place. And I, I hate to say it, my opinion is that's probably true. Even though he was doing it in ironic humor, mm-hmm. but kidding. Um, and I, I really think the powers behind the, the, the government want Hillary, and, and they, they may get her in. Um, in light of all the stuff that's happened with her career, her chart is very weak. She has a lot of problems. Um, I think they're going to try and get her in. Mm-hmm. Trump actually has a much better chance of winning, but I think the machine, uh, meaning the, the whole propaganda machine, is going to do whatever they can to keep him out. Um, he looks like, I mean, if all things are correct, he causes a spoil and upset wins, and I think it's going to irritate a lot of people. Um, so I don't trust American politics anymore. The voting machines are all electronic. And yeah, the primaries, they, they have to be practiced. But I, I really think this may end up uh, being manipulated where Hillary gets in the White House. Okay. So Donald Trump wins. That's, that's the issue. When I look at the inauguration today, it shows Trump winning. Does it? Yeah, it does. It, it does. Um, when you look at the day a president is sworn in, which is a set date, um, Trump's chart has the midheaven uh, on the ascendant of the inauguration day, and Hillary has the descendant. Mm-hmm. So it would tend to lean towards Trump causes an upset and somehow gets in. So that's contrary to what I'm hearing. Um, you know, this this is almost black magic at work. There really is. I mean, you know, I think Trump's going to win, uh, but somehow magically the votes could be manipulated for some reason. Well, everything goes to show that his his popularity is is declining. Well, so. that's what we're being told. Um, yeah, that's what we're being told, and, and the media beats us over the head with clubs and polls. So, I mean, whatever they tell us, that's evidently what they want us to believe. So, yeah. um, you know, most of these polls are statistically, you know, rounded by calling these people and extrapolating the rest. So, uh, all, all I can tell you is what the astrologers think. I think, I, I think no matter who gets in the White House, the next two years are going to be extremely rough. Extremely rough? Right around this Mm-hmm. Uh, right around 2019 to 2021, we could see some real trouble on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really believe this whole deal with Iran is very dangerous, exceedingly dangerous, much more so than anyone even on the media is saying. Uh, there's a lot of secret things going on in the world right now, and it's, it's almost like it was right before World War II, hmm. where there was a lot of financial upset. There was a lot of money being transferred by people funding certain pirates, so that become big pirates. And uh, then the problem, reaction, solution comes along. We're all looking. We've got a tyrant. The course, terrorism is that tyrant. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. It doesn't happen. It doesn't exist. Uh, but it's getting 
getting a lot of funding. And uh, that in cocktails were a lot of trouble. I think astrology showed that something on the radars feels strong. 2020 on the winter solstice is the, is the commencement of a new 240-year cycle, I think, which is going to be huge. Um, it's the beginning of a technological revolution that, for the next couple hundred years, I think we're going to see stuff that blow our mind. And it's already there. It just hasn't become commercial. Our absolute wild spring. And, you know, these things, you know, that was kind of like that in the 1800s. There was a lot of stuff around, but it's all too bizarre and, and unable to be manufactured. Well, unlike the 1800s, now we have an infrastructure that allows an acceleration of technology, materials, and transportation, and energies. Unlike the late 1800s, early 1900s. So I think we're going to see an explosion here over the next 20, 30 years that's absolutely I think the financial system is what's collapsing and mm -hmm. it needs to be restructured. And there's an old saying it always goes from prosperity, recession, depression, and war. I hope we cannot do that cycle, but the astrology shows, you know, we've been, they've been stating, and well, there has been work huge since 2000, early 2000, and I think we're going to see this accelerate even more, and a lot of it's over the money. If you look at the BRICS nations, China, Russia, uh, the yuan, now positioning itself as a potential global currency in conflict, Petrodollar. If the petrodollar goes down, the entire system collapses. The whole Western world, as we know it, will be in chaos. And, you know, a lot of people cut up on the Fed and, and the owners, is who I call them, the bankers behind the Fed, uh, if they didn't print the money and if they weren't doing the derivatives and bond markets they're doing, you and I wouldn't be eating money. I mean, this whole world as we know it, the fuel, the gas stations, grocery stores, the whole banking system would, would collapse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of information. You know what I'm saying? Well, There's a lot is, of information but, in that. Thank you. show giving so much information it's a lot you know, I, I thought it was just pretty much based upon your month and the day that you were born but i, I see it goes much deeper so i want to thank you how can our listeners follow you on social media uh, well uh, i don't know i i sometimes i get on radio shows and, and my wife sometimes i don't mm -hmm. uh, so I, the best way is at my website it's And you're based out of where? Um, I'm from the Los Angeles area up by, uh, close to Malibu, it's called like 
place called Calabasas. Okay. 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 Well, again, thank you for coming on and sharing your wealth of information. I know time just wouldn't permit all of that, but I want to thank you for coming on and sharing the information. You bet, Will, and thanks for having me on. You have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, you bet. A lot of information. My goodness. Didn't know it was that in-depth. I thought he would be able to say, you know, you're good with a Capricorn. (laughs) (laughs) Capricorn candies. (laughs) That's a lot of information, but um, I hope uh, some people got uh, what they needed out of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Steve, I just have one more thing I want to talk to you about. I was watching, um, what's her girl name? Ellen today, Mm -hmm. and she was talking about something I didn't even know about, but they said it's been taking place for about three years. Jamie Foxx and Katie Holmes. Do you know her? Uh, she was married met, to um, Tom Cruise. Tom I've, Cruise. I've actually met her uh, a couple of times. Uh, really? And yeah, I was running around in New York and uh, just saw her, you know, drop, walking the kids. And I was in Wall Street. And mm-hmm. uh, she was going the other way and just say hi. It is funny. She's one of those actresses. And, like, if you don't have the cameras, like, around her, people don't really recognize. Really? <laughs> yeah, she's one of those that's, like. She just blends in? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, so they were saying that um, one of Jamie's friends, um, which is Real Housewives of Atlanta, her Claudia Jordan, I'm not sure who that is, but Claudia Jordan was um, doing some type of interview, and she pretty much slipped up that they had been dating for like three years, mm-hmm. and they have kept it under wraps. Right. So now it's this big old thing. I want to ask you, you know, do you think the private lives of famous people need to be off limits, or is that just that does that come with the millions, the territory? I think uh, I think it comes with the millions, but it is or there's to a point. Uh, when it comes to like what's going on in their bedroom, certain pillow talk, uh, what's mm. going on and within their families, their children, and things of that nature. Yeah, you married, cool, worked out some of the things. I think it's good to showcase uh, love, black love, Caucasian love, Asian love, whatever. I think it's good will to show love and positivity out there in marriage because that's not shown very well, right. even if it's a myth, <laughs> you know, even just positive relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, not mean, what you mean a myth? What's a myth? What's a myth? The fact that, uh, you, you know, the, the fact people feel that you can't stay married for long term oh, anymore okay. and all those different things and you, that you can't have true love and things and all these opulence of uh, riches and things, but it can happen. And things. Well, so, let's pray that it can happen. Mm-hmm. Let's pray that it can happen. Yeah. Yes, but... Um, Steve, I want to thank you for driving all the way down here. Oh, that's no problem. I go wherever I need to, man. Yeah. I, I go where you. If you told and me We always see each other anyway, so that's good. That's mm-hmm. good to spend some time with you. I appreciate um, it. Do you have any final words? Um, what's coming up on your show? Anything that we should be on the lookout? You told us about the, the play. You told us mm-hmm. about your events. You told us about... The TV show, mm-hmm. which is about to launch. Yes, I uh, also uh, got a couple of things. Uh, Hollywood Starstruck uh, film is coming on down here um, throughout Virginia uh, with their clean music movement and filming a movie called The Gentleman starting late this year. Um, so we're getting everything ramped up with some pre-production work with that, and that's getting on down the road, so look out for that. One of the things I'm looking to do in August, uh, possibly August 20th, I'm looking to do a parents and social media uh, class, and about, you know, parents just refuse to get involved with social media, tracking phones, understanding all these mm. different things, and that's a big issue uh, with along with the other things with kids that I'm working to have a couple of judges, police officers, lawyers, whatever I can to get here 
to this point um, and have a good session. Um, uh, so working to get that together. But definitely on live and radios, which is our Tuesdays from 7 on LegacyInternetRadio.com. We have the rules starting uh, July 11th at 5 a.m. at uh, uh, Sky 4 tv with Coach Ellis and friends. If you know the rules, you won't get played. Uh, we have a play, uh, Martin, Malcolm, and we, July 30th. Um, Starting um, the dinner, VIP dinners at 5, uh, play starts at 7. You can go to Raw Talk Entertainment, uh, get on there, I'm in the play. We got Box Cutter, please support of all the different things because there's a lot of big need, and not just women, but men and children as well, uh, educating and awareness and support of uh, domestic violence. Um, August 4th through 6th, I'll be in New York City with Adrienne Williams for Unique Blend Models in there. Uh, fashion week uh, going on, and uh, I thought I was busy, and then uh, whatever else, um, helping out doing IT work and things like that, and whatever else Nikki Curry tells me to do. Man, 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 that's right, Nikki Curry, she'll keep you busy. Uh, that's, just, that's nothing, I think I can do it the other but way around. <laughs> one thing about it is, Nikki, she'll come and support you. That is always true. She, it, 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 meant really, it meant a lot, I want to tell you on the air, it meant a lot for you to be there on Monday night. Um, and looking mm-hmm. good, she was looking good. Let me tell you, even when she's not there, you know, I don't sometimes get get because she's you know she's busy saving the world and uh-huh. things of that. And she knows I can Showing handle myself. Oh, oh it's, it's one of those mysterious ones. Oh. <laughs> but like you know, but if you mess up, trust me, I I, I can feel oh, the yeah. prick in my ear yeah. and be just like, shoot, I think you're gonna see that. So yeah. I know, yeah. you yeah. know, so yeah. I gotta take it down real quick. So she's gonna see it. So it's that good watchful uh, eye and things that I love. So I. I appreciate it. And um, I wouldn't have gotten this far in my life and career and a lot of things without her help. And also shout out to also Tracy Hardney Scott and uh, Raw Silk, uh, Coach Crumb, um, a whole bunch of other different people out there. I appreciate all of you, my family, mom, dad, grandma, family right. in New York, everybody. So shout out. I just got hey, I, a shameless plug. I try to do whatever I can. And that's an Ernest Smith production, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the rules. The rules. He's, he's up and coming. Yes, he the is. VA is holding it down. That's good. Yeah, I, I you know, and I'm, I'm glad to see it because um, I did um, a lot of acting, small things in New York, uh, mm-hmm. trying the classes, and unfortunately, I was not able to get further along in my acting career. I did it to try to get more into voiceovers, but uh, did a lot of TV. I worked on a lot of TV shows and, and small productions and movies and things. So it's good to see another young man, another African American man, out there doing it and things. And sometimes you don't get to see that in a larger city. So I'm very happy and proud for that. Well, that's good. Also, make sure that. That you come out this Saturday for the Virginia's Got Talent auditions. Um, it's going to be again this Saturday from 8 to 5 p.m. at the Keller Williams Building, 1100 Volvo Parkway, Suite 200. That's in Chesapeake, Virginia. You can also call, um, she left the number. You can call Robin Lalande at 757 470 3677. Again, Stephen, I want to thank you for coming. Nikki Curry, as always, world's greatest publicist. Mm. Thank you for coming out. Mm. Uh, Make sure you tune in next week. We have a good show as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And we have, who's our special guest? I I don't want to mess up her name. Raya. It's Uh, not Raina. Please do not call her Raina. Oh, Lord. She laid me out. She laid me out. I'm surprised you're alive, man. (laughs) mm. Right. But next week, my co-host at the chat is going to be Raya. So make sure you tune in next week. Everybody up until then, have a very... Very blessed week. Amen. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. We ask that you visit www.letsfaceitradio.com 
For up-to-date information on future shows, special guests, advertising opportunities, and exciting interactive ways that you can be a part of the show. Join us next week, same time, same place, for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it.